welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey everyone, this is Chris and welcome to Dads with Daughters, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Today, I'm really excited because I have Al Jackson on the show, and Al is someone that I had back a little while back in my Dads in the Limelight series that I that I have run over at Dad of Divas. He was our 876th Dad in the Limelight, but he's a comic and TV personality, and I love watching him every day on the Daily Blast. If you've never seen it, it's a ton of fun um, to not only get caught up on daily news, but also to see it in a little bit different light. So, um, so, but to jump right in, Al, I just want to say thank you for being here today. Ah, Chris, thanks for having me, man. It's good to meet another a fellow dad with a daughter. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And I know that you do have a, a daughter yourself and a couple other kids too. I but, do. So why don't we start off today? And I want to just jump right in because having a daughter is definitely something that for a lot of dads, it's a, it's a journey and something that you have to learn about because it's not the experience that you've had. So what was your first reaction when you found out that you were going to be a father of a daughter? I was terrified. <laughs> Honestly, I, you know, I, I can't speak for other men, but as for myself, I just, it was something that I, that I felt like I knew nothing about. My question was, how do I help launch this young human being into the world, even though I wouldn't know how to do her hair? I wouldn't know what to say to her if and when she gets her period. What should I do if and when she tells me she's starting to like boys? What should I do if she's starting to tell me she thinks she likes girls? There are so many things that I think fellow fathers, we're all, we want to help, but I think I can't speak for you, Chris. I'm 42 years old. We're like one of the the the, the first generations of dare I call us hands-on dads. I mean, I don't think there was really it would have been that shocking, you know, 15 or 20 years ago for a dad to say, yeah, I, I don't change diapers. That's for the lady to do. And I don't I don't cook. I bring home the bacon and I drink beer and wait for the food to be served. And I don't I don't know too many dads like that anymore. I pride myself on being a really good cook, and I like pro not only providing for my family, but also being an active, active participant in my in my family's life. And and you know, it's new for a lot of us, and it's it's scary because you don't know what you're doing. And they always say, you know, there 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 hasn't been a book written on this. I'm sure there has, but you know, how do you know if that that advice is right? So I think we're kind of you know fishing in the dark a little bit, but it's a lot of fun. I think every dad goes through that experience because you know, there's no manual for any kid. And as you were saying, you know, you, all those questions that you have, I know I felt the same way. We're, we're very similar in age and I, and I feel the same way that I think this generation of, of dad is, is right in there. It, they are for the most part, you know, they're, they're, they're on the floor They're or I always tell people get on the floor, you know, see the world through your, your kid's eyes. Now I know you have three kids. And you, as you said, your first child, when she was born, um, you, you had all those things going through your head. And as she was getting older, you've kind of experienced those things. And then you have other kids. So what, have you, what did you learn? And what have you put into practice or change in your practice with your second daughter, your son, now that you, uh, you wish, I guess, either that you wish you would have known from your first go, go around or that you... You, you're glad that you learned because you've made some changes. 
Oh, that's a great question. I would say what I've learned the most is that you have to understand that your kids aren't going to look at you like a god. And I think that that's a good thing. I think you're, you want your kids, I, would, I at least want my kids to look at me as a human being that loves them, a human being that's capable of being fallible, human being that's capable of making mistakes, but also to understand that there is one person, their father, that loves them more than it should be okay for a human being to love anything. And I've realized that my presence just in their life every day is so important. And I think what we try and do is we always want to do the big moment. We're going to, let's, let's really blow it out for her birthday and let's get a, you know, a, an impersonator and a bouncy house and a, a you know, a, somebody to blow up balloon animals and uh, all that kind of stuff. And that's great. But the day to day, letting them know that there's somebody there, whether it's just a text, my daughter's really into photography. So, you know, I, I started taking pictures myself and asking her what she thought and what could I do to improve my my pictures. It, and what that does is it genu- generates for me kind of an organic conversation. I think mothers are apt to have to deal with this, but definitely fathers. I think we have trouble uh, initiating conversations. So it just goes to how was school? How's, how's work? Did you get your C up in math? Like it just becomes this kind of generic conversation that you would have with somebody on a train rather than somebody that is <laughs> shares 50% of your DNA. So what I've tried to do is immerse myself in my daughter's life and just, you know, talk. and I, I found that by doing that and even admitting like, oh, I don't know what this is. I'll just call and be like, hey, what's this app TikTok? Do you use that? And then just get into it because that's, that is a, that then leads to, oh, we did that last summer, but now, you know, people would just say, my friends think it's boring. So now we're using blah, blah, blah. Oh, what's, well, what's that? How is that different? And it's, it's a different conversation than you would have with your kid. If it's just, you know, are you, you know, how school, what time is volleyball practice? I, I just think that it's all about just really getting to know your, your daughter as a person. It's a big deal. I think it is truly a big deal. And I love what you just shared there because I think that a lot of times, many dads, and I'll say I'm one of them, that you can sometimes fall into that uh, that pit where you're you're trying to you're trying to connect with your daughter and you're asking those day-to-day questions thinking, oh, I'm connecting, I'm connecting, but then there you get those one-word answers. And I'm sure you've gotten those too. How was your day? Fine. <laughs> or good. You know, things like that. And then you what you forget is now you've put yourself in a position where now, well, what do you say to good? Good. It's like you're not talking and you should know. I mean, you wouldn't ask your best friend or your next door neighbor that you have beers and watch the game with that. You would ask them a pointed question. Hey, how are your Lions looking this week? Because I'm telling you, you know, our defense two zero and one. No one thought. What do you think? Like now that's a conversation. Somebody can say, I completely agree with you. Somebody can say, Chris, I think you're crazy. I don't think we're going to win another game this year. But now you're talking. And I think if you remember that same tactic with your daughter and especially her friends and connect with them as well, just realize we're all human beings. We're just uh, a little bit different ages and different sizes. I think that is a perfect thing to think about and for everyone to think about, because I think you do truly have to find those those bonds and those 
commonalities or th- even if you're not comfortable with what the heck they're doing you said that you that she loves photography and you might not have any idea about photography but letting her lead you along i think is a great way to be able to just get in the moment and be able to allow her to drive the bus per se it's everything and and everybody wants to feel like an expert on something Chris, and that 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 means that goes for your children as well. And when you ask somebody a question about something they're passionate about, usually if you give them a half decent question, they'll take the baton and run with it. And it'll just allow you guys to connect on a much deeper level than just the the day to day. How are you doing? Are you sick? OK, no. Good. OK. How's school? Fine. Good. You know, you can walk away if you do ask those questions like, hey, I talked to my daughter. She said everything's good. Do you really know that? Do you know who her friends are? Do you know what scares her? Do you know if she doesn't go, uh, if she doesn't want to be, does you know that she, she's not as interested in being a veterinarian anymore, but kind of doesn't know what to do? Do you know that she definitely wants to go to college? Like, could you, if I gave you a questionnaire of 25 fairly pointed questions about your daughter, how many would you feel comfortable a- answering? And that's going to be different for everybody listening to this podcast. But uh, I had to ask myself those very real questions. And and I was just like, probably not that many. And that's a hard thing to say. But it's just because I think a lot of men just we don't know. So we're just like, you change the diaper, the baby's crying, take the baby. And it's just because we're kind of the first dads with boots on the ground. It's just we're learning kind of as we go along. You know, I completely agree with you. And I think that as many dads, I think we see ourselves as fixers as someone that is going to jump right in and try to have an answer for everything. And it's not always easy, especially I found being a dad of two daughters myself saying, I need to listen more than talk and be able to let them drive, as I said earlier, drive the bus uh, with the conversation. And sometimes that's not easy for me, but it's something that you have to do. The reason it's not easy for you or for me is because you kind of might not want to hear (laughs) <laughs> so what they have to say is they get older, they're starting to turn into women. And uh, the idea of your daughter undergoing puberty and your daughter's body changing and her having questions about that and, you know, her coming into her uh, what will eventually be, you know, her romantic life and what she's thinking and her fears and acne and all these things. A lot of times, not only are we scared that we don't know it is a little bit of a, I don't want to know. Like you look at your son, you can tell he's developing, he's getting a little mustache. You kind of, you've seen this before because you saw it in you with your daughter. It's new to you. And it also is a constant reminder that your daughter is getting older and your daughter eventually will probably be sexually active. And these are all hard things for a dad to think about, but in a weird way, it's showing you that you're doing your job. It's the way that human beings have always done it. And I'm honored to play a role in a young woman's development. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, one of the things that I wanted to ask you too, because sometimes on a daily basis, you're talking about some, some heavy topics and you're also in the limelight. You are out there, people see you, you know, whether you're on stage doing a comedic routine or you're doing the news or you're, you're, they're listening to you on a podcast, you've put yourself out there. And in many ways, people then get to know you in different ways. 
How have you balanced that public persona with the role of being a dad and being able to also juxtapose how your daughters see that? Well, you know, Chris, at this point, there's no excuse. We know that the internet is written in ink. And knowing that, knowing that my kids will always have access to the internet and knowing that almost everything I say and almost everything I do is recorded and put somewhere, I am cognizant of what I do in public, much more so than I was when I was a young single man. And it, it it's honestly, it's been a game changer for me because I realized that, you know, I, I kind of remember video. Remember that video like 10? Wow, I can't believe it was this long ago. Like 10, maybe even 12, 13 years ago when David Hasselhoff was drunk and just eating a hamburger on the floor and his daughter was recording him. And it was honestly, obviously he has some issues with alcohol that he's since dealt with. So uh, props to him for that. But I kind of started to realize that, you know, I used to be a party guy and like they used to have fun. And I realized like, what if that was me? What if my kid was looking at me like that? So I've what I've tried to do is go into everything, assuming that everything that you say, and this is good advice for everyone, whether you're a comic or you work for the city or you're, you know, whatever, you're a professor, you need to understand that everything you do is going to be recorded. So if you're rude to a waitress, if you're drunk and loud at a bar and then end up being dragged out, that's going to be shown. And you can't act like a babe in the woods like I didn't know. We're past I didn't know. So I do know now. And it's important to me to make sure that my public persona is, is what I want it to be, not only for the show that depends on me, but also for my kids. Because once something's up and uploaded to the web, it's there forever. And so I, I've had to be very cognizant of it, and I, I have no problem with that. Now, raising two daughters, I, I know that I have... the many fears about the future for my daughters and looking at society today. But what would you say are your biggest fears in raising daughters today? For me, it's definitely college, whether it's the Brett Kavanaugh situation. I mean, just today on my talk show, Daily Blast Live, today we were talking about the young woman who came out that she was assaulted by Brock Turner, who subsequently only got three months in jail. And what my point was on the show and the point I'll make to you right now and to every uh, one of the fellow fathers out there listening is Brock Turner got three months in jail for being caught red-handed sexually assaulting a woman that was inebriated. Three months. What message are we sending there? Because there's a reason that we have a mandatory minimum for robbing a federal bank. You rob a bank, you're, it's 15 years minimum before we start looking at all the charges. And that's why people don't rob banks. If you, if they started handing out three-month sentences for robbing a Chase or Bank of America, a lot more people would try it. But we send a message to society saying, if you mess with the government's money, you're going to pay a hefty price for that. And that'll be almost two decades of your life behind bars. But if if that's the message we're sending with robbing banks or committing murders or you know whatever we may want to talk about, what message are we sending to young men and more importantly, young women when a young man is caught red-handed sexually assaulting a young girl on a college campus and he gets three months in jail? And the doctor says he did, uh, excuse me, the judge says he's a good guy from a good family. We don't want to ruin his life. What about her? What about the other women that the 
thousands of women across the country are think that had had something similar like that happen to them. Would you want to be traumatized and and go through the process of trying to tell somebody that you're raped and the dehumanization that goes on with that? If you know that best case scenario, if the person's caught red handed, they'll only get three months. So I really do think that something has to be done about the culture that's going on at our uh, institutions of higher learning. When you watch any movie about college, there's keg stands, there's drug use. I sound 500 years old. That You can't tell me that that doesn't have anything to do with it. I mean, we, we've got to do something to change the culture. And I worry that my daughter, who's going to be in, entering one of these places in no less than six years, I mean, how do you sleep at night? When you hear some of these statistics about the number of women that are that are sexually assaulted at college, no less. This isn't happening at Burning Man. In fact, there's very little of that reported at Burning Man. This is happening at, I, I believe the Brock Turner was at North Carolina or Duke. I don't want to be wrong about that, but it was at a, a prestigious school. Or Stanford. I'm sorry. They was at Stanford. Excuse me. So, Chris, I don't know how you feel, but I am so scared to send my daughter to college. I just don't. I don't because almost statistically, it it's more likely that it will happen than it won't. I I can't believe that's coming out of my mouth. But it's if you look at the stats, and and I'm not a panicked father about everything. I don't. You know. I'm not worried about everything under the sun. I think kids will be kids. Teenagers will have their thing. But this is this is a real problem, and we have to start treating it with the, as as an epidemic, as an emergency, as a public health crisis. You know, I agree with you in many ways, and find that uh, I think you have to have those conversations early with your kids to be able to start talking to them because they're hearing it because the 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 news is twenty four seven, and the internet brings everything out. They're seeing it and they've been seeing it for a long time. Now, they might not understand it from a young age, but as a father, a father to a daughter, we have to have those conversations um, with our with with our daughters, ourselves, with our significant others, you know, in some way. Have you started to think about how you want to have the, that type of conversation with your daughters? I guess I'm going to have to start, you know, I it's it's one of those things that you as you try and put off as long as you can, because there's also a question, and this has to, this just goes for any father, whether you're raising a son or a daughter or both. In my case, it's like, what day do you decide to take your kid's innocence away? Because uh, I'm not naive that my kids, you know, are completely innocent. I mean, that'd be weird if they were, but my kids, I think one of the things I've been lucky enough to try and preserve to as much as I could is just for them to stay kids as long as they could. I mean, obviously, because of some people's circumstances, you know, you you hear about people that at 13 years old, they're raising two younger siblings because the parents aren't around for whatever reason. You know, but my my kids, that hasn't been their experience. But at the same time, I, I, I first um, remember having this thought when my daughter uh, was doing a report on Martin Luther King, and I believe she's probably in the third grade, then maybe fourth grade. And it's like, how do you talk to your kids about this great man without then getting into the scourge that is racism and then having her now know that there are people that will prejudge her because of her skin color? Like, how do you 
put that concept on a young person. And it's not that it doesn't need to be taught. It's not that our history isn't important and doesn't need to be learned by the younger generation so they don't repeat it. But at the same time, that's a heavy one, man. And so is talking about sexual assault. I mean, until I got older and started having real honest conversations about uh, with my female friends, I didn't realize how many of them had been drugged. I mean, I hate to make this a bummer podcast, but it just, it. I mean, and these are professional women. These are famous women. These are people that whose songs you definitely know, people whose TV shows you definitely watch. And it didn't matter. It, it happened to them. It, so I would say the sexual assault thing just really, it scares the hell out of me. But I think what we can do is not send them to school naive, not make them overly defensive, but no different than telling them, hey, if you're walking through a dark parking lot, keep your head on the swivel. The same thing you tell your son, you know, just to make sure that they know that the world is a beautiful place full of good people, but there are people that do wish to do you harm and you need to be prepared for them as well. I think you're completely right. I think you have to be able to do that. No, And, you know, each of us grow up in different places. Some places uh, may seem like that utopia place that they, they can walk around and be safe. And if they go off and live somewhere else when they grow up, they may not be ready for that, too. So you have to prepare them. You have to prepare them in many ways for the society that they're going to be interacting with, especially as they get older and being able to find ways to be able to uh, trickle out that information and have those honest conversations I think is so important. And I appreciate you sharing it. And it's and it's not making it a, a downer podcast in any sense. I mean, I think it's a reality. And, and we have to have these conversations uh, with our daughters uh, down the road. And not to say you have to have it, have that conversation when they're five or six, but as they get older, as they start to realize more, as they see the world as it is, uh, you have to be able to be honest with them and share with them the realities that you've experienced, the realities that your significant others or other women have experienced so that they, so it can't, so hopefully it doesn't repeat itself. I completely agree. I want to ask you a question because you know, maybe you can enlighten other fathers and even myself. What is your policy on social media? Because I don't usually post pictures of my kids uh, on social media just because I feel like, I don't know, that they haven't, they didn't request to be in the public light when they turn 18 and they're if they tell me it's okay then uh, then that'll be fine at that point but that's just how i handle it like how do you handle that you know i've been an influencer for some time and for me i have had images out there of my kids but i never used their actual names always kept that very private uh, and as they've gotten older i've given them the option of of allowing them to say whether they still want to be out there or not and if they don't then that's fine. And in now they are getting to an age where they want to be on some social media. And as a parent, you know, we've had some conversations already about, you know, how are you safe online? What are things that you can do to, to make sure that you're safe? How do you know who's following you? Or what do you do when people say things to you? And having some of those conversations is important. But we also say that if you're going to have a social media account, and we allow you to have a social media account, that we have full access to seeing what you're posting and being able to watch. And, and if there's something that's of concern, that we can talk through it and have those and have that open dialogue along the way. 
I really like that. And I, I appreciate that. And that's one of the things that we're doing with my daughter as well is just keeping an eye. And there are also apps that you can get where you can read their text messages because two of my two oldest children do have uh, do have cell phones. So there there are things out there, dads. I mean, like there's YouTube kids, which I really appreciate because that keeps away a lot of the creepy stuff. But, you know, when you start getting into things like Twitch and things like that, like it's really, it's almost like a virtual playground for predators. And I, uh, you just have to be very careful uh, allowing your kids to to wade into the murky waters of the internet because there's, uh, like I said, a lot of great things and a lot of good people, but there are some some bad ones as well. There definitely are. And I, and I think that one thing that I would always throw out there is w- with technology being what it is today, you truly have to be able to have these conversations starting very young and you don't want to wait. So, uh, for example, like you talked about some technology that's out there that looks at text messages and things like that. Um, one of the technologies and the applications that we use is through Bark Technologies. We have that and we were able to kind of make it work well for our younger daughter. At By the time that we found out about it, my older daughter had had a phone for quite some time and to go back and say to them or to her that now we're going to look at all of your your text messages and everything like that was kind of a, a slap in the face and a, it almost she felt like an invasion of privacy. And I understand that. But there's also the reality of we want to make sure that you're safe. We we did put some boundaries in in place and we had her try it. We ended up not keeping it for her, but our our, our younger daughter we do have. And it is it the thing that we like about it is the fact that they know that it's there, but it's not that we see every text message. Bark Technologies end, ends up having actually uh, tons of people across the country that are looking for keywords. They look for uh, triggers, as they call them. And if there are triggers, then as a parent, you get an email saying, this might be something you need to talk to your child about. So you can connect in YouTube. Yeah, YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all kinds of apps. And they watch for all these trigger words. So you're not having to do it. You're not having to you know, go in and see what, what the text message is. But if there's a text message that comes in that talks about somebody harming themselves in some way or somebody is bullying that person or there's some key trigger words, you're going to get a message that says, hey, you know, Sally said this. And you can then have a conversation with your child saying, you know, you know that we have this, this app on on your phone. And we got an alert saying that this person was saying this. What did that mean? Kind of like what you were saying earlier, to have them then talk to you about it. And hopefully then you can have a meaningful conversation about what is either okay about it, what's wrong about it, you know, and how they feel about it too. I love that. And that's called Bark Technology, B-A-R-K? Correct. Yeah. All right. I'll be checking that out myself. See, I'm learning on the podcast too, y'all. So now we always finish our interviews with what we like to call our fatherhood five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a father. So first and foremost, in one word, and it could be two, what is fatherhood? Your childhood enhanced. When was a time you felt that you finally succeeded at being a father to a daughter? This is a weird thing, but like when they start to like artists and like people that then like you, it gives you more credibility with your daughter, which is strange. So 
when we've interviewed certain artists, uh, certain actresses, and they'll see me interact with them. That's when I think when my daughter goes, my dad isn't a huge dork. <laughs> my like, oh, they somebody I think is cool thinks my dad is cool and it gives you like a little bit of street cred with your kids. So I think that's kind of cool when that happens. I don't know if I've gotten that far yet. So uh, I'm hoping that still comes. It doesn't have to be with another celebrity. Just when their friends come over and you say something or do something that like genuinely gets a laugh and that you can kind of see them kind of look at their friends like, oh, you don't think my dad's a cornball, which I don't mind, by the way. But I do like when there's a, a moment when your kids start to realize that not only are you their parent, but also you're an adult. Um, you can be silly. You can be serious. You can be goofy. You can be emotional. And they start to realize that that's OK for their life, too, that they can be this fully autonomous organism where, you know, they their feelings change on things and they're they're able to evolve on ideas and paradigms. And I hope that that's what I'm conveying to, to all my kids. Now, speaking of your kids, how would your kids describe you as a dad? Honestly, probably a pushover. <laughs> Honestly, I wish I wish it was different. But, uh, you know, since the day they arrived on this planet, I'll do anything for them and to make them happy. And I, I think and I hope that they sense that. And, you know, they are human beings and they will take advantage of that as well. So. I think on the low, they think that their dad's a pushover. I'm not, but to them, I am. Tell them not. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? My co-host, Jeff Schroeder, he and his wife, they met on Big Brother. I believe his wife won Big Brother. He did Big Brother twice. Uh, he met his wife on Big Brother, and she won it that season. They have two sons, Lawson and Layton, and he's just a great dad, a loving father, and he embraces fatherhood and I do the same way. So, I mean, I just, I always look at him as like, he's a great dad and a cool guy. And I, I hope there are more examples to younger guys that you're, you can still be a cool guy and be a father. It's like a lot of times I, and I think one of the things that really uh, scared me about fatherhood at first was, you know, I don't know what shows you watch growing up, Chris, but like the dad was always like this bumbling idiot. The wife is taking pot shots at him as he sits on the couch, his hand down his pants and can't do anything right and isn't pleasing his wife in the bedroom and all the, the kids don't respect him. And I think the cooler narrative is that there's a lot of like really cool dads. You might have a, a tattoo sleeve uh, and you might have been in a band in your late 20s, but now you're at soccer practice and now you're taking your kid to get immunized and all these kinds of things that that you realize much later are the really cool things. I think being a dad is the coolest thing that you could possibly do. I agree with you. And I think that society is changing. I mean, sometimes in media, it's slowly changing in regards to how dads are, are seen. But I think that more and more dads are being shown as co-parents. And I think that that's, that's an amazing thing. And there's even great examples of single dads that are out there that are doing amazing things too. And it's not the bumbling dad anymore. So that's a nice thing to actually see. This might sound weird, but I realized, it, and, I, and I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but right before Hugh Hefner passed away, there was like some video I saw of him being wheeled out somewhere in a wheelchair by some 23-year-old blonde. And I think myself, along with, most guys kind of were like, hey, oh, ooh. Like when you see that narrative play out over a lifetime, 
I think it seems cool for a long time. Like, hey, I'm going to walk around in my pajamas and be around 26-year-old buxom blondes until the end of time. Until you see that narrative played out. I think it's cool when you get to pass away in your late 90s with your kids and your grandkids around the bed. I think that's cool. I think having had an impact on people's lives rather than them just looking to you for a a nice place to stay and you supporting whatever lifestyle that you are supporting for them. I think it's a different narrative and to each their own. And it seems like he lived an incredible life that will always be remembered. But for me, I always remember thinking that I think that being a dad's cool. The things that are told to you that are cool and the things that really are cool are two very different things. And I hope that a lot of young fathers don't run away from fatherhood because they think it's going to make them some dork and they're not going to be cool. Like being cool is being at your kid's basketball game. Being cool is it being is helping your kid with your science with their science homework. That's cool. That's the stuff people will remember. Everything else just goes away. Now our final question is what advice would you give to other dads? My advice to any dad with a daughter is just keep them close. If they're in the other room on the phone or watching TV, I don't care if they stay on their phone scrolling just have them sit next to you. Like just actual physical contact. That means something. Just being close to your kids. Once you do that physically in this, in the world where everybody is distant and texting from other rooms, be close to your kids physically. Touch them. Touch your children. Hug them. When they're washing their hands for dinner, come up behind and just give them a big hug or, you know, give give your son, a, you guys make up a goofy high five to do. Just touching and actu- actually just being in close proximity, as silly as it sounds, means so much to me. Not only will it just breed, you'll just get comfortable with each other and conversation will just flow naturally, but also it won't seem like, oh, here's my daughter. Let me think of something to say. It'll just be like, she should just be with you as much as possible. And if you're working late from the office, like we all are, a lot of us have one or two jobs, everybody's got their side hustle, FaceTime your daughter and make sure what I do, what I do, not do what I do, but here's what I do is I try to not make it a super long conversation because I don't want them to not (laughs) pick up the phone thinking that they're going to be sucked into a 30 minute conversation. Just a little FaceTime every couple hours. Hey, hey kid, what are you doing? Are we out of Swiss cheese? All right, I'll, I'll Postmate some. Just anything to to initiate contact with your kid, to be around them as much as possible, to be immersed in their life as much as possible. I think it means everything. Now, Al, I really want to say thank you for being with us today. It's uh, it's great to have you on, to be able to have you share your perspective, your experiences as being a dad with a daughter. Now, where can people find you if they want to see more on what you're doing? Oh, Chris, it's easy. You can just find me on Twitter at Al Jackson. Uh, my website's Al Jackson Live for all my tour dates. And you can also catch me on a podcast. Myself and Mr. Frank Caliendo have a podcast called Alan Frank Try and Be Serious. So you can check me out there. And of course, you can see me every day on Daily Blast Live. So uh, you can just Google it. You can watch it on Facebook, Amazon, or you can watch it on your television. So you can't, You, you uh, it's, it's a little bit too much, Al. You can't miss me. Well, I appreciate you being on and wish you all the best. Chris, let's do this again soon, brother. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. 
And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.